Hiya, Golden Sentiment here. So, just got listening to the um, Purple Worm podcast, where um, I believe Colin Maney, um, plus other anchorites, of course, um, Purple Worm as perps, were talking about um, real world settings. Um, actually, it made remind me of two things. One was um, watching some YouTube videos recently about um, these people who use an app. What do they call them? Quantum noughts or something. I'd have to look it up. But basically where people use this app that supposedly generates quantum numbers and you supposedly imagine a imagine you're you have this like void and energy space or something, you imagine something you're trying to achieve and then you get sent these random coordinates. I guess it's like a sat nav or something, and then you go there and all these people have these so called spooky occurrences now. You know, the thing about coincidences is they always uh there's an infinite number of coincidences that could happen so sometimes they're just going to happen anyway that's that's just completely derailed what I came to talk about anyway it did make me wonder actually listening to Colin talking about and Dave talking about their childhoods and the interesting places they they've been to did make me wonder I mean I'm, I'm, I have to confess I'm not I don't really have a great deal of interest in modern settings but you know this idea of using your past to maybe as the basis for a interesting RPG um, it did make me wonder whether basically as a kid growing up on a remote Pacific island um, that used to be the main World War II base for the Japanese in World War II and all the interesting relics that were on that that island you know, old tanks and you know places like submarine bay Oh, there was also a huge volcano. I mean, essentially, the, the island itself was a volcano that was kind of poking out of the water. So it had this weird shape, but, you know, it's basically the tip of a volcano. It did eventually blow up. You know, that might even be the part of the climax. Maybe <laughs> maybe that's the, the Cthulhu link or whatever it is. The volcano is not a volcano. I don't know. But, you know, there was, like, mud pits where... Um, where these, what are they called, monopodes? Some sort of weird kind of bird used to lay eggs in the hot lava, lava sand, you know, things like a, kind of a bit like a giant kiwi. Um, what else? There was the, the World War, there was a various Japanese war monument up Namanula Hill and the, the Allied cemeteries. There was also a weird orchid. Was it an orchid farm? I can't know, an orchid house or something where they had a like a 12-foot crocodile in a, in a cage that was about 12 foot in a diagonal. Um, poor creature, I don't know what I was doing in there, this saltwater crocodile. Um, you know, and then there's obviously all the, the weird... You know, if you don't know anything about the Pacific, there's quite a lot of um, interesting, I guess, tribal kind of stuff going on, local things. I mean, you just have to Google things like crocodile people in Papua New Guinea and mudmen from Papua New Guinea and duck ducks, D-U-K, D-U-K. So you've got one element of like these kind of, I guess, um, um, one for another world of colonial kids on this Pacific island and you've got this dynamic of, you know, the sort of other culture. I mean, I guess you've got issues of colonialism these days, but I guess you could, you don't have to be a kid if you're setting the RPG setting up that's only, um, you know, from Western culture. I mean... It was also interesting, there was a large Chinese minority there. Um, you know, and then there was the, the golf course that used to, and the yacht club, and the golf course used to show movies. Um, and I, 
you know, like, I, I mean, the, the purple women were talking about darkness. I mean, if you've never, if you're living in a, a Pacific island <laughs> in, uh, you know, the early 80s, late 70s, you know, there wasn't much electricity. And I remember the stars, they were quite spectacular. I mean, I think they, they used to appear to be blue and red and green and things. I don't know if whether I'm imagining that now, but because they were so vivid in the sky that you maybe you were actually seeing the Doppler effect. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not I'm a bit, bit sceptical now, but, you know, like I say, there was Submarine Bay. That was an interesting place. Basically, it was a, where the Japanese in World War II used to pull their submarines up to because it was kind of like about two metres two metres or three metres of sand and then he used to literally sort of almost drop off to the continental shelf so the submarines could literally pull up and the, they could step off, stay, step off the water, step into the, almost onto sand. And I remember like you'd swim there and the water would be hot and then when you cross over the continental shelf bit it would suddenly go icy cold, you know, and you get things like sharks just swimming along along the edge of the water because, you, know, you know, that was deep water not far out. Um, what other weird places? Obviously, all the Japanese tunnels under there was loads and loads of Japanese tunnels. You know, we'd go explore them and you know, find stuff. I remember, you know, the kid next door to us, they used to have a live Japanese grenade, um, which when the parents went around, we'd we'd lob at each other, <laughs> um, you know, and uh, swinging off vines over over you know, caravans and uh, not caravans crevices. It was also like a weird bog where this sort of mat of grass grew over it and you could, it was like butting a junkyard and you could walk along this grass, it was like a trampoline, you bob up and down. I mean, God knows what would happen if you'd slip through it, you'd probably, that would be game over. So, and obviously with all the, um, with the volcano there, there was always lots and lots of volcanic activity, so that was always, always good fun. I remember very, very vividly as a kid having this dream that sounds a bit weird now of like this huge, like, King Kong-like gorilla shaking the house because all the houses were on stilts to absorb the energy from the from the uh, earthquake and I just had this vivid image of this huge beast shaking the house um, so you know it was an interesting place I mean I, the, the thing about the thing about um, where I was because it was the main World War Two base in in uh, for the Japanese in World War Two uh, this is uh, if you just started digging in any bit of ground in the garden you would find kind of munitions spent or otherwise I remember one day walking along and I just saw a thing that looked like a like a you know the size of a quarter for Americans you know for Americans out there 2p piece and I pulled it up and it was a it was either an anti-aircraft shell or a, or a, or, a, or a, an allied aircraft shell just in the ground and it was still you know fully had the head on it and everything that got confiscated from me. I don't know what ever happened to it. I remember it got. It got I remember it got uh, defused or whatever the word is. And then my step uh, definitely had it. We definitely had it for a long time. But I don't know where, whatever happened to it. I remember one time digging in the in the neighbor's garden. I don't know. We we're just kids digging, and we came across this this crate full of ampules of morphine. <laughs> you know, we're all eight, ten, twelve, that kind of age. Again, confiscated office. So. I think, you know, I think that would be, maybe, maybe that's what I should do. I should write a sort of Tales of the Loop or whatever. I don't read kids on bike type adventure in that setting because on the one hand, it's real world or really, it was the real world. Obviously, world, the world's changed, but it was the real world back in the late 70s, very early 80s. And uh, it also has that element, probably for average, 
person that's that would feel quite foreign. Um, you can certainly bring in all those elements of the crocodile people and duck ducks as well. You know, the volcano, the mud pit, the Japanese war cemetery, the Allied cemetery, the crocodile in the orchid house. Obviously, there's lots of tropical birds, all that kind of stuff. Um, lots of fruit trees, lots of coconuts, you know, lots of beaches, sand, not many people. I mean, we were, I mean, literally, we, we ran wild back then. I remember my mum used to give us some money <laughs> when they go play golf. We, as a gang, would go off. We'd probably spend most of our money on a pocket knife, which would then be confiscated from us, and uh, come back for, you know, late on when, you know, <laughs> when we chose to come back, you know, get some dinner. So, anyway, it was definitely a, a crazy, crazy place. And, um, you know, I think I'm feeling, in some ways I'm feeling inspired by the, the perps and their, 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 their talk of using this sort of background knowledge because as they said this thing can almost writes itself because you, you know all these things you know the legends you know all the, the secret places but on the other hand you um you know the, the problem I face is that I would have to probably immerse myself in one of these systems probably is it kids kids on bikes that would be the best fit I mean Tales of the Loop I think is more kind of wacky sci-fi but um anyway I probably never happened but uh Maybe I'll put on the list of things to eventually do when I feel inspired. All right, well, it's going long for me. Um, I hope you're all doing well. Uh, The world's still topsy-turvy, completely different to uh, the 70s, early 80s, when we were only worried about being uh, annihilated in a nuclear oblivion, um, the Cold War and all that. Right, okay, cheers, fellas, and uh, and, uh, everyone out there, loud... Uh, lads, ladettes, chaps, chapettes. Okay, thanks, bye.